Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Smith on the feet. He's to the 10. The 5. Evans up the middle to the five, into the end zone, touchdown, Eastern Michigan. Straight from the 7-3-4, it's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Foling Warehouse, your weekly chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Well, I think, Tom, we used every song with the word rain possible over the weekend what a dreadful weather weekend. But the moral of the story is, and a lot of people have said it, it's better to win ugly than lose pretty. Absolutely. And when you play in those type of weather conditions, you'd better get the W because you're out there suffering in the elements. Of course, my son was out there. Now, he's a freshman at Eastern and, and was on the sidelines as a water boy and came home uh, wet socks, <laughs> drenched, but... He goes, oh, at least we got the W. I go, hey, buddy. He goes, I'd like to see you stand out in the rain. I go, let me take you back to 2019 in Toledo when it absolutely was a shower yeah. the entire game. I don't think I've ever been part of a worse weather day for anything than I have that Toledo game. It was miserable. Akron was worse that year. Yeah, but it was cold. You shouldn't be playing outside anyways with the negative wind chills. <laughs> But you were the trooper and wanted to still be on the field for, well, at least, at least a little At least the first bit. half, yeah. yeah. I remember at one point Matt Shepard going, Tom, where are you at? And I go, I'm about four feet behind you. I'm in the booth now. I don't want to be outside anymore. Yeah, I'm but, trying to think that the But co- in Akron, you could be in that booth in the same area code just miles away because it's could, so big. It's, it is massive. But the coldest weather game I ever remember being at was uh, I was covering Broncos, Patriots at Foxborough. It was probably 2014. It was Peyton Manning. It was Tom Brady. And I mean, the wind. I don't, I don't know how you play oh. in those conditions. Like, I don't, I understand now when Tom Brady went to Tampa and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm never going north in the winter again. Like, Foxborough was bone chilling. I don't know how you play football in those elements. Yeah, I'm a softy. I don't like the cold that well. So uh, once it's below 60, yeah, you ain't finding me outside. So uh, <laughs> Eastern, uh, we'll talk with head coach Chris Creighton in this week's edition of his weekly interview. Uh, you can tell Chris is not – he's happy with the win, but not happy with his team's offensive performance. Again, another defensive effort. He's not going to say the weather helped – 
or hurt his team, but you can tell he's disappointed by the way they didn't move the football like he thought they were going to. And it wasn't just ugly. I mean, it was bad. I mean, passes at the feet of receivers, passes 10 feet over their heads, out of bounds. It seemed as though Austin Smith really struggled throwing left and right, but their more productive drives were throws down the middle, either into the teeth of the wind or with the windier back, but it was throwing left or right. So definitely the wind played a factor in the passing game, but this season hasn't been about the offense. They've won everything with the defense. So if the motto is true, defense wins championships, then I like our odds going into Northern Illinois. But Northern Illinois has shown they're they're here to play. I mean, they just knocked off Ohio and held them scoreless in the second half. It's got to be a defensive battle if you're going to win that game. Because offensively, first thing I did was go look at the stats yesterday. I'm like, all right, we're still 129 yep. out of 130 teams in moving the ball in yards. Now, you get some comfort when you see teams in that list around you, like Iowa and Utah, they have winning records. So you can get away with scoring 17, 24, 28 points, but the defense has got to be on point, and they have been all season. Huskies put up 25 points a game uh, offensively. 351 yards is what they average. 159 of it come on the ground. Ontario Brown uh, has averaged 6.2 yards a pop, averaging 93 yards a contest. Uh, The running game is what they want to establish and I think I read a stat somewhere where when they run the when they throw the ball more than 25 times under Rocky and Lombardi, they've not won. When they throw the ball less than 25 times, they almost win all the time. What I like is that Rocky Lombardi doesn't really want to run the ball. When he drops back, he wants to throw the ball. I think where we've had problems is like uh, Kyle Kelly and some of those other guys that are really good at running the football have kind of gashed us on the ground. When you have a more pocket quarterback, I think that plays to our defense. And with Joe Sparacio and Chase Klein back there, the best linebacker combo maybe ever in Eastern history and definitely the best combination in the country right now as far as tackles go, I think that leans into what we're good at. It'll be a a treat. Uh, It'll be a uh, 2.30 Central time, 3.30 Eastern time kick on ESPN+. Plus, The WEMU as well as the Varsity Network app We'll be in DeKalb. Hope that you can tune in. Plenty of other sporting events still going on. We have home volleyball at home. Uh, They have been on a bit of a slide as of late. Uh, Soccer, not able to get things going offensively. But a bright spot that you get to talk to today is Ryan Kuchera on the tennis side of things. They had a fantastic weekend in East Lansing. Uh, A lot of things to be proud of on this first-year tennis head coach. Kuchera is the new era of athlete in that if you really want to learn something you don't need a high profile coach you just need youtube he is a guy that taught himself how to play tennis by looking at videos online so by the time he finally got to some competitive tennis he'd already been playing for well it's the ball against a brick wall it's working technique but searching videos He taught himself. Now, he's learned from others and refined his game as he went along, but now he's into coaching. And he's a a fascinating story because he's a young guy. He graduated college three years ago. Yeah, he's Um, 24, 25? Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I was talking to him, too, it was like the two and the O was stuck in my head. I'm like, you graduated in 2000? He's like, 2020. And I'm just like, oh, that's right. You did. You did. Um, 
But he's a young guy, super energetic, um, wants to make an impact, knows that Ypsilanti is the right place to be and that this was the job he wanted. And he's going to do great things here for the Blocky. We are both baseball aficionados, and a lot of things talked in there about spin rates and velocity and all that. He's bringing that to the tennis side of things as well. Yeah. And then you want as much information and as many things that can add to your game as possible that can help you win games and be dominant. So it's, I don't want to call it the new age thing, but you have all this information available to you. So why not use it to try and win games? And that's exactly what he's doing. So like I said, he's a self-taught guy, but he wants to absorb as much information as possible. What I like about him too, he's a chatty guy too. Oh yeah. You know, he'll talk and it's like, because I don't know, I don't really, you know, I don't really like to talk a lot about what's going to then boom, he goes off like a race car. So it was fantastic. Um, but I loved learning from him and, and understanding the way he sees things. So it's uh, it's even if you're not a tennis fan, you're going to like what he has to say because it's just fascinating. Are you a tennis fan? You know what? I felt like I was more. It's kind of like I am with pro basketball. Like when you're in an era that had Jordan and Isaiah Thomas and the Lakers and Showtime, it just feels different now. Well, when you had tennis with. Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe and Steffi Graf and all the... Uh, Andre just, Agassi. Andre Agassi. And the his, hair. His wig, whatever he was going on. I got a chance to interview him once with Brooke Shields oh. uh, in Los Angeles. So that was like, I'm, like, I'm talking to Andre Agassi and Brooke Shields right now. So that was kind of cool. But uh, so it just tennis feels different now, you know? So I'm not as into tennis as I was, but maybe it's just... Once you have four kids and yeah, you other kinda, things going on, you got to refine your focuses. I, I can say, I mean, as much as I love baseball, it's the same thing. The, the playoffs have been going on. I've watched exactly zero pitches of, of, of baseball because it's like there's so many other things you got to take right. care of. Or I'm leaving at whatever hour of the night. Like, I don't have time for that. Well, and the format knocks out a lot of good teams. Like, oh. do you like the current baseball format? No. Like, you could tell me the Rays and Orioles and Dodgers, all 100-plus win teams, and they're the first teams out? No, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. It's, it's, Plus, it's we're going to be playing World Series in November. Well, that's become the nature of the beast now. I mean, I, I remember when the playoffs were getting started, I think a reminder popped up on my phone, and I think it was something from, like, the Tigers-Padres series in 84. I'm like, that series was starting then. They're just getting into the playoffs at this point, so it gets tough, especially if you're going to be in Philly in November or, yeah. you know. Nick Castellanos can be hitting home runs and somebody else will be having to apologize for something <laughs> on television. Don't tell a story when Castellanos yeah, is at the I plate. Say, That's it, become the golden rule of broadcasting. That's just as simple as it is. Uh, we are off to DeKalb this weekend. What's your favorite thing you look forward to on a trip to DeKalb? Because this year, if there's a lightning delay, the first thing we're doing is pulling out the phone and ordering DoorDash. Yeah, because you got a favorite sandwich spot out there, which we missed two years uh, ago. We didn't go to Portillo's. We didn't make the fatties. Like We made nothing. That was an awful trip. And for those of you who don't know, the radio booth at Northern Illinois is about the size of a phone booth. If you, could, if you know what a phone booth is, it is tight in there. Rob and I are shoulder to shoulder, and Greg is behind us sitting side saddle because there's not enough room for three people to face the window. So then you get a weather delay, which there was no food. No. There's nowhere to go. What are you going to do? We were dying up there. And the game turned on us, and we ended up losing there. 
My favorite thing is in Naperville, just out of DeKalb, white chocolate grill. There's only three of them in the country, and we're definitely going to be eating there the okay. night before the game. I, I, we have this. We uh, ate there two years ago. Skillet cookie, right? They do have that, yes. Yeah. Food's good. It's that's Again, uh, it all comes back to the food. I mean, other than, I mean, the, that's what the road trips are about, yeah. right? What are you going to eat? Right? Kentucky, when we went there, fabulous road trip. Yeah, breadsticks. The size of a femur, they had breadsticks. That was fantastic. Every city you go to, when we went down to Myrtle Beach, the food was fabulous down there. Anywhere we go, we search out the best food. We've we've had some... A few struggles over time, too. Well, sometimes it depends on the city. We had a good barbecue in Birmingham. We did. We had a good breakfast in Birmingham. Yeah. Even though someone warned us, don't go there. They don't do a good breakfast. The breakfast was phenomenal. Yeah. It was, Minnesota was a little bit of a miss. <sighs> yeah, but we ended up going to a Twins game. That's true. So we out. had some ballpark food, and we hung out and saw a major league park that some people hadn't seen before. You got to check it off your list. And now every time it was on during the playoffs, I'm like telling my son, like, hey, we there. were there. We were there. I had a great breakfast in Minnesota, though. That's true. At the Hen House. So That's a good donut because I didn't want to wait in line there. But you got a good donut. I did. All right. It's time to get to some <laughs> interviews. We have Ryan Kuchera and Chris Creighton. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Tom? It's, it, it's, you look at the standings, and it's a must-win Saturday at DeKalb. And the defense just needs to do what they keep doing. you got to play shutdown football in that first quarter, which they continue to do. They've done a great job in the second half of limiting opponents and not letting them get back into the fray. The offense has to play better than they did last Saturday, and I don't know how they can't. It was a rough offensive outing. They are wearing out the leg of Tomasek. Tomasek may have more yards this year than the offense. Uh, I can tell you quickly, yeah. As you look that stat up, because I was looking, I think Iowa's punter has more yards than Iowa's offense, but he punted 10 times in that last game. He had to have punted for over 400 yards. So when you look at the yardage, Mitchell Tomasek might be our biggest offensive weapon. He might be out punting the offense. But you're winning games, you're controlling the clock a little bit. He has 1,804 yards of punting offense. We have a total of 1,772. He's he's got more yards than the offense. Yep. Good call. Just like the Iowa Hawkeyes. Just like the Hawkeyes. Just like the Iowa Hawkeyes, we have a winning record. Just keep winning, baby. Like Al Davis, we keep winning. Win ugly. It doesn't matter if you win seven to six, three to two, whatever it takes. Just have more points than them at the end of the day. You got everything in front of you. You can still win the MAC, but you've got to win Saturday against the Huskies. I like what he's putting out there. You can continue interviews after this. It's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast presented by the Folding Warehouse. This episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast is brought to you by National Trails Bus. Safety, comfort, reliability. Come ride with us, as well as Trinity Health. Trinity Health is the preferred health care provider of EMU Athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care to get you back in the game, as well as standard printing and design, the standard of excellence in design and print for small business. You're listening to the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Joining me now, Ryan Kuchera, new tennis coach at Eastern Michigan. Can we still use, how long can you use new? 
Uh, as long as possible would be my answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you look at your bio too, it says up and comer, Ryan Kuchera. I wondered, when are you done being an up and comer and when are you here? You know, but uh, you're young, relatively young. How old are you now? 25. 25. And you graduated college in 2000, right? No. Graduated college in 2020. 2020. I said, I remember the zero, 2020. Yeah. When did tennis start for you? When, when did you finally think like, this is my sport? Um, I actually taught myself how to play tennis as a kid, taught myself um, hitting off a wall at six years old, um, and I've loved it ever since then. So never had a tennis lesson growing up, never went to a country club, never. Um, I taught myself reading books, watching it on TV, and, and hitting off a concrete wall at a basketball court. You know, there does seem to be in this era, if you watch YouTube videos and have access to some of the equipment, you can teach yourself about anything. And Absolutely. I guess tennis falls into that category as well, doesn't it? Yeah, if you've, got, if you've got the time and the dedication, you can teach yourself just about anything. Was there any point where you thought, boy, I, I would like a coach to modify some of this stuff, or did you feel, I, I got a handle on this, and this is, this is working out the way I want it to? No, I, I always could, use, could have used some coaching. I mean, my strokes weren't always the prettiest, and um, you know, I, I, a lot of times I got by on athleticism and, and what I had up upstairs. Um, so when I got to college, it was awesome. I, I grew a lot in college because I finally got some, some real coaching and some one-on-one -on -one attention. And, um, you know, as you can probably tell, that's one of the things that drew me to college coaching was how I exploded as a player in college. When did you go from hitting against a wall to finally matching up against somebody and testing what you had learned against somebody on the other side of the court? Yeah, no, I, I started playing tournaments about 13, 14. Um, at first, I was just getting my butt handed to me over and over again, um, but I loved it. And so I kept traveling on the USTA circuit and um, played for my high school team. I was um, number one pretty early in my high school team. And then, uh, you know, from there, it just, I loved it. So I kept playing. And, and so then I just kept steadily getting better. Did your high school coach ever say, Ryan, who taught you? And you're like, you're looking at him. <laughs> I'm the guy. No, it was a small town. He knew. Okay. He, he, everybody knew how I figured, how I figured it out. Um, it takes tremendous hand-eye coordination. Are you also like a golfer? Yeah, I can, I can do just about anything with, with a, a paddle, a racket, a bat, a, a, you know, a, a stick, and a ball. Have you tried pickleball? Yeah, we actually started, since I got here, we've started a staff pickleball um, group every, every Thursday morning. Is it, I haven't played pickleball. I know everybody that does, it seems to become an addiction. Um, same mechanics. I mean, if, if you're a tennis player, is it just tennis without a whole lot of movement basically? Um, it's a more of a touch sport. So you're going to have less spin on the ball. It's going to be more, it's kind of more like old school tennis where when the rackets were smaller, there's less spin. It's more, we call it like continental or neutral grip Okay. Um, and more touch shots. But yeah, it's, it's very similar in concept. All right. Let's talk about you coming to Eastern Michigan here. Yeah. Talk about the phone call and the decision process to like, all right, Ypsilanti is where I need to be. Sure. I mean, um, you know, my, my why, my passion, like what I, you know, why I do this is, um, I, I want to help young people and specifically young women like navigate life in a different way and help them um, use the many lessons that tennis gives to 
um, help them learn how to be successful in whatever they do um, and handle adversity and, and um, stop setting limits on ourselves. That's something we talk about all the time. And so, um, you know, I wasn't looking around. I wasn't really looking for places to go. Um, but, you know, I had heard about this position from an alumni and um, he was a big fan of Scott and a big fan of Stacy and just told me about the potential of this program, about the direction and the value system that this athletic department has. Um, and it really got me fired up. Like it, it seems like a, it seemed at the time like a really unique um, thing. And I, I've been proven right every day about that. And so I was lucky that Stacy called me. And um, the first time we talked, we talked for like 90 minutes on the phone. It was, um, but it felt really fast. It felt, it felt like we were in sync right away um, about what we wanted this plate, this program to be, what we wanted for the student athletes, um, the direction we would go. Um, so that, that again, got me excited because you know, it's about the people you work with. Um, we have some of the best facilities in mid-major tennis, I think. Um, but it's not about that. It's about, you know, the people you work with, what their values are and, and where they want to, where they want to take things and how right. they want to help people. Um, and so when I came here, I, I felt that across the board. Um, every person I talked to, they had both a passion for excellence and a passion for people. And I, I think you need to have both. Um, and the value system just seemed to be exactly what I was looking for. Um, and it's just there's so much potential with this program. We're in one of the best mid-major conferences in college athletics. And um, like I want to win at the highest level. I want to produce champions uh, in life at the highest level. And um, there's all the resources and the people to do that. So um, I was lucky that they they saw my vision and I saw theirs and we aligned that way. So it, it was uh, a pretty special thing. You said tennis here at this mid-major level, maybe maybe the best in the country. What makes it so? Just a lot of talent? Um, you know, I, I, I really do believe it's coaches and recruiting. Like um, every, every school in this conference does it a little differently. Some are entirely international like we are. You know, some schools are really heavy. Toledo is all American. Um, but these coaches know what they're doing. They've, we've got a lot of coaches in this league who've been around 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and so they're just established programs. You know, there's, there's right. some really established programs that have just had, you know, sustained success, which um, is exciting because it makes the league consistently very competitive. You said you like to focus internationally. I, I recruit everywhere. I okay. Just, um, the... What, make, what differs the international player from the American player? Sure. Great question. Um, I think that tennis is a much bigger sport internationally. It's only the, it's not even in the top 10 most popular sports in America, but it's third, you know, most popular sport in the world. Uh, so it's much more accessible. There's a lot more access to good coaching. Um, so you're just going to have, and it's a really competitive environment. Right. Um, just to get even into the top clubs to play. Um, so it's more accessible. It's more competitive. Um, you'll, you'll just get a lot of players who played a lot more matches. Okay. Um, you know, you'll get a lot of players who've had a lot more coaching. Um, 
you know, it's not that there are not a ton of good players in the United States. Right. Um, but there are also a lot more options for those players. Um, some of them are more willing to, they understand college better, so they're more willing to go the D3 route or they're going NAIA, um, whereas I'd say international players, they really want to play at the highest level. They want to go Division One pretty consistently. So that sales pitch is pretty easy. Like, listen, I want you to come to school, but I want you to come really far away from where you're at <laughs> and play with us. Is that an easy pitch or no? Um, the ones who want to come... To America, they know they want to come to America and play. It's it's becoming more and more popular, um, especially for the high level European players. Um, they know they want to come play. It's just um, the the pitch really for me is, um, you know, we want to help you develop holistically. Right. If your goal is to be a professional, we can develop your physical, your mental, your technical, your tactical. If you just want to have a great experience, get a great education. And, and, and keep playing, we, we can provide that too. And, and what we give is a family environment that's also really professional in the way we work and the way we train. And, um, and we, fo- we don't just focus on the tennis. Like the tennis right. is, the, um, is the conduit, but we, we focus a lot on um, you know, just the applicable life skills, um, which I think is attractive to you know, the right people. Ryan Kuchera, fascinating stuff. Our, our time flew by. Yeah. I love talking with you. Appreciate yeah. you. Thank you for your time. It's it really nice to meet you. All right. Ryan Kuchera, tennis coach here at Eastern Michigan. It's here. Bowling Warehouse. And sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football. But you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Bowling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. 20 lanes. Two bars, over 100 beers. The Folding Warehouse at the corner of Washtenaw Golfside in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. Are you ready? Ready to find the right care that works for you? Care that connects you to what you need anytime, anywhere, and fits best with your lifestyle? Whether it's in person or in your pajamas, online or over the phone, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan connects you to the care you need when you need it most. With the largest network of doctors and hospitals, an easy-to-use mobile app, and a 24-hour nurse line. Because we're always ready to help. Learn more about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan at bcbsm.com. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Your home for all things Eastern all the time. After a couple games at home, Eastern Michigan will travel on the road to DeKalb this week to take on the Huskies of Northern Illinois, and we're lucky enough to be joined by the head coach himself, Chris Creighton. Uh, There's an age-old saying that I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. It wasn't a game and weather conditions that were the most pleasant for football. Surviving a monsoon like that, you've had a few of these games in your career. Now I think back to the Toledo one, even the Lending Tree Bowl had horrendous weather. This had to rank right up there with it the entire time raining. It was it was a pretty steady rain. It wasn't, you know, a downpour or anything like that. Um, so, and, and it wasn't cold. So it was, uh, you know, it was a wet day, but I don't think it had all that much of an effect on the game. How do you prepare knowing the week ahead was always you saw the forecast. Do you play with wet balls? Do you try to spray some guys with water? How does that work? Yeah, we've done done wet balls um, before, and uh, you know, depending on on the day, we you know we practice in the rain if it's raining. Um, 
the lightning is what takes you inside. Yeah. If it's more of a walkthrough and, and whatnot, then we might go might go inside. But yeah, just again, I, I the wind is usually anything that's extreme is gonna affect, right? Yep. So but nothing was extreme. And the first thing that weather-wise that can affect uh, the game is wind. And so there's different levels of that, right? Yep. The, the kicking game is really what gets affected first. And then you think about the passing game, but the passing game, the wind's got to be blowing pretty good for it to, to really affect the passing game. Um, and so, like, you know, it, I think it affected the kicking game some, but uh, that was about it with the weather. Speaking of the kicking game, you see Kent State on the very opening kick decide to onside it. If it works and they get the possession, everybody's celebrating Kenny Burns today. Instead, it was Kendrick Nowling picking up, going for the touchdown. How does that change, or do you talk to your guys initially, like, be prepared for something like this at all times? Yeah. Um, first of all, it was a very well-designed um, attempt, you know, by them. You know, they had inside leverage on on our two guys that had a chance to make a play on the ball initially. I thought it was a really good kick by the kicker. Um, so he doesn't get the credit, but Josh McCarty really made the play in that he crossed the face of the, you know, the kickoff player that had inside leverage that was trying to block him out to allow for the kicker to, you know, recover it sort of un you know, unhindered. Um, so great play by Josh McCarty. EJ was right there. And then Kendrick obviously was the one that was able to, to scoop it up. And, and he needed great ball security too. You know, those guys don't carry the ball as much, but he had great ball security as they tried to, you know, an attempt there to, to get it away from him at the very end. And so, you know, it, you, you never think that when you're on that side of it, that, uh, the worst thing is going to happen, right? I mean, you can't live that way. You don't think it's going to be returned for a touchdown. But it was well-designed, and then I think our guys did a, did a great job. They weren't fooled. You know, they executed their assignments. Um, and uh, even though they had leverage on us, we, we, we crossed that leverage and, and made a play. Ball security, again, a big factor with the rain. Kent State had not had a single fumble lost to the other team or even just had a fumble in general. Comes up with three in that game. Uh, ball pressure and ball security are a big thing. You talked about it in your press conference today. 43 of the last 46 wins, EMU has been able to win the turnover-takeaway battle. What was it that your defense was able to do to get some of those loose ball situations? So... Uh, three lost fumbles, two of them were definitely forced. Yep. You know, there's, there's, there's gifts at times, right? And uh, we may have gotten one of those, but the other two just really, really well played, hard hitting, guys getting to the football um, and uh, doing a good job of, uh, of recovering it. So huge, huge plays in the game. We talked to Coach uh, Needham the other day, and he talks about the defense from getting, once they get into the red zone, things all of a sudden just flip to a different switch. And it seemed to, again, happen that way at portions of this year. Why is it sometimes offenses have so easily able to move from really up until the 20, and then the red zone becomes so much more problematic for teams? Uh, there's you know, there can be lots of lots of factors. You know, it could, it could be the offense that we're facing. Um, and then just in general, everybody knows this, but there's just less space. Again, it depends on the kind of defense that you're playing. But sometimes, you know, if you're in a bend but don't break, these guys, you know, we want to stop the run, which, you know, we can't say that we did that. We also want to stop the home run. You know, they had, 
consistently thrown the ball downfield successfully. And they got two on us. Yep. Feels though we were in position to make plays on both of those balls and didn't. Uh, but two, uh, you know, against Kent State that, you know, is pretty good mm-hmm. at at hitting home runs. Uh, we thought that we won that battle and then take the ball away. So, but back to the red zone, you know, we were more concerned about, you know, giving up a 70-yard touchdown yep. and wanted to make them, uh, you know, earn it, you know, down the field. And then, again, when you do that, when you do it that way, when you're not scoring on an explosive, but you're taking what people give you and moving yep. chains, it gets tougher and tougher with the less space. And then we've we've seen it all year. We've seen teams try to keep the ball out of your tremendous talent in your kick return game. Between Jalen Jackson as well as Hamzi El-Zayat, we've seen teams make sure that they're not getting the ability to return. This was a different story. You had options this week. When special teams have the ability to return, how do you try to now get the ball in those guys' hands more to ensure that other teams just not kicking away? But again, I know that's also their design to try to keep it away. Yeah, I mean, there's things, I mean, if, you know, if they kick it through the end zone, then, you know, you right. <laughs> jog off the field, you know, and you get the ball on the minus 25-yard line. So, um, you know, the punt game, you know, Holmes, there was two that he would, decision-wise, that he would definitely take back. Yep. I mean, they did a great job of, of pinning us. But then two that he returned, you know, were, were very good. Yep. And, uh, you know, the, the blocking on those, um, you know, was, uh, was definitely up to snuff as well. So, yeah, punt you have a little bit maybe more of an opportunity, you know, to make a play sometimes than than with kickoff, kickoff return yep. because, you know, they can sky kick it, they can kick it through the end zone or, you know, um, even squib it, and then you just don't know for sure where that ball is going to go. Eastern second nationally in kick returns, 15th in punt returns. This week, the opponent, the Northern Illinois Huskies, uh, another opportunity to get a tough team on the road. Think back to the last time we were in DeKalb. It was a three-hour-long lightning fest that was a, a tough, but your team out of the break responded well. Uh, walk us through why it's so difficult to play in DeKalb at times. Yeah, I mean, the weather was definitely a factor. Um, last time they got up on us and we fought back, ended up being a really good game. Two times ago, we played really well and, and uh, had, a, had a big victory. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think, you know, guys in our program, you know, it's really just those two games, right? A victory and then a loss with yep. You know, with the, the lightning delay. Yeah, that and, they've been through. Yeah, that they've been through. You know, I think that uh, um, the game that, you know, Northern kicked us in the in the teeth was last year at home. You know, they, they had a, uh, you know, a poor record at that point, and we were rolling pretty good, and they came in here and, and, uh, and handed it to us, uh, lost 39 to 10. So I, I don't know if it's, you know, I could be wrong, but I, I don't know that our guys, I mean, it's a long trip, but it's, yep. it's uh, you know, you do that on the day before the game. So we'll be, we'll be ready. And then this weekend we'll have an opportunity. We've seen some record side already, but Brian Dooley, a guy that uh, has been an Iron Man, Iron Man for you, has the opportunity to tie City Sows, City Sows record uh, for games played and started this weekend. Think of two guys that have been Eastern Michigan football. It's City and Brian Dooley. I've talked to him a little bit about it. Have you talked to him what it's going to mean to be the standard bearer in games played at EMU? Again, I mean, part of me is embarrassed, but, like, I didn't know that until you just said it. Um, that's awesome. You know what I mean? It's awesome. And, and just, you know, for City to um, to have that right now, and obviously COVID helps, Um 
you know, with all yep. this. I assume those six games count. They do. Um, and, uh, but yeah, Dooley, I mean, when we played Purdue in 18, <laughs> you know, he was playing for us, right, as a tight end, yep. caught a pass. Um, a difficult catch, you know, on a, uh, on a special. Um, and so, I mean, thinking that, you know, he's been a part of this program since 2018, you know, is, is crazy, but it's awesome because he is a fixture, you know, um, in this program and is about what we want to be about as a, as a program. And so I, honest to God, again, did not know that, but I'm excited to see him and Make sure he gets on that bus and, yeah. and uh, gets a good pregame meal and starts the game. And then he'll have a chance to set the record back here at home against Western on the 28th. Coach, congrats on the victory over Kent. Look forward to seeing what the Eagles are able to do this weekend in DeKalb. Awesome. Thanks. Go Eagles. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.